So we are in a series about hearing God. Last week we kicked off the series, and I'm going to briefly review a couple things that we talked about, and then I'm going to get some more feedback from you. The question we're really trying to ask in this whole series is, can we hear from God? I know last week most of us said, I sure hope so, right? But we started to dig into it a little bit deeper than that. Because a lot of us have gone to churches our whole life, and we just assume, yeah, yeah, that's what they tell us. We tell us that we're supposed to be able to hear from God. And yet, most of us find ourselves in a frustrated place where we don't hear anything. Our experience doesn't match our own belief. And so, last week, we actually heard from some of you, and some of you said, yeah, I do feel like I hear from God. And there were others who thought, well, I'd like to believe that. I just don't know that it's happening in my life. Here were some of the things that I asked last week, just to refresh your memory a little bit. If you could hear regularly from God, for what purpose would you want to hear from Him? That was an important question because we needed to focus on why do you want to hear from God? For what purpose? And and as I suspected, there was a significant number of people who thought, well, the reason I want to hear from God is because I want Him to tell me what to do. And one of the points we made from last week is, what if God is not in the business of telling you what to do? What if the reason that you want to hear from God is not a reason that he wants to converse with you. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying what if. We need to ask that question. Because we really can't confine to God and have his speech be just for the purposes we want. We've wrestled over and over with whether God really does speak to individuals and tell them what to do. And if you search the scriptures as we have in a previous series, that one we did on searching for God's will, you come to the conclusion that God really has a lot to say in Scripture for what He wants His people to do, but there's very little support for the idea that He's giving us messages each day for the things that we need to make decisions on. I'm not saying there's no evidence. I'm not saying it never happens. It's just not as much as we would like. Last week, we also made the point that it seems we want to invite God into the big decisions. Where I go to school, who I marry, what job do I take, What kind of career should I have? The funny thing, though, is we decided those were big things. And we've made the point, we even made it last week, how do we know what the big things are in our lives? I know that every single one of us could think of just an event that changed the whole course and the whole trajectory of our life, but I don't think we stopped to ask God anything that day. It just happened, and everything changed. So it's very presumptuous for us sometimes to actually think we even know what the things are to ask about. So we ask that question, for what purpose? Now some of you had other purposes. Some of you said, I want to know that I'm loved. I'd like to hear it. That was kind of a touching response. I'd like to know that where I am right now, maybe not, don't tell me exactly what I need to do, but I'd just like to know that I'm generally in the right neighborhood that maybe the path that I'm on is a good path and that there isn't something much, much better that I should be exploring. Maybe it's not so much a decision as kind of an affirmation of, yes, you're doing well. Let's have a a check-in time. You know, you're so many years now that you've been following me and I feel like things are going good. You know, kind of like a a mid-year review. So we also asked the question, have you struggled with hearing from God? Some people said, no. I haven't struggled because I feel like I hear from him. Others said, I haven't struggled, just wasn't really expecting it. And some expressed a feeling like, yes, there is some struggle. So I think we're falling into different camps. We 
summarized some points last week and asked you to agree or disagree with them, I'm just going to take maybe the top three of them that we kind of seem to come up with as places for agreement. We said that we often have the wrong motives to hear from God. So we should just check that sometimes. Like, is the reason that I want to hear from God a reason that he wants to speak to me about? Is it because I'm insecure and I want to know the answer? Is it I want to know the future? I need to know what it is? Am I making God somehow bow down to what I want? I want certainty. I want an answer. I want security. I want to know. Is that part of the motivation sometimes? We said that some of us can find God's interaction with us in the form of impressions and circumstances. And I was taking this from Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God, because he said that he doesn't believe it's enough to just think that God speaks to us through impressions or by opening and closing doors in our lives. He feels that God should speak. If we really have a relationship with God, it should be conversational. Not a series of like, kind of feeling our way in the dark through opening and closing of doors and kind of circumstances around us. Dallas Willard actually makes a kind of a strong point. Contrary to what many of us have been taught in churches, he takes the position that silence is not an answer. Silence is not a no. Because an answer needs to be spoken by somebody. And he actually puts God up to that standard. Like if we have a friend in God, then our relationship should be conversational. Not just, well, I didn't get the job. God must have said no. Give me a no, otherwise I can't assume that you said no. Because there could be a million reasons why that door closed. And I can't assume that you closed it. Unless you said to me, it's closed. I don't want you to have the job. So, kind of his conclusion that we came to last week, at least some of you didn't seem to really object to this, God created us to enjoy intimate friendship with him. Conversation's the heart of friendship. So God is conversational and speaks to us. Some of you should be looking at that going, I don't know that I buy that. But quite a few people in here thought, okay, I don't know that I disagree with this statement, but I don't know that I feel that in my life. Let's take that last one for a moment. How many people feel that they have a conversational relationship with God? About the same number as last week, okay. Is anybody brave enough to say, I feel frustrated by the fact that I don't have this relationship that's being described by this nice man in his nice Christian book? Morgan. I said last week where frustration is there, but also more, um, you, just, you just distance yourself from it. It's like, well, I feel, I feel like I have a one-way conversation with God. <laughs> You know, that, that I feel very often. Um, but I've just accepted the fact, like, yeah, I'm probably just not going to hear anything audibly in that, you know, in the way that Dallas Willard describes that friendship with God. You, are you describing, like, you just consign yourself to saying, I guess it's just the way it is? For the most part, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I make the space, at least in theory or in mind, to say, yeah, there could be, there, there could be an occasion where that's, you know, God does actually speak or, or something. But... For the most part, I just assume that that's not going to happen, and then, yeah. Okay, Jill? I feel like it can kind of be a couple of different things. It seems like internally, it's easier to have some kind of impression of what God is speaking into your life, or how God feels about you, how you feel about God. 
but it seems like I always want more external things, like, oh, this is an obvious sign that God is saying this to me or this to me, because that's harder to repeat. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, this is coming from me. So you feel it's kind of subjective, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And you have difficulty saying, well, is that my thought or is that God speaking, right? Okay. Anyone else want to jump in and contribute? Yes. Kind of the same lines of like what you were just saying, like, is that me speaking or God speaking? I definitely have that struggle when I'm seeking advice. Like if I'm in a, I'm just in a weird place in life and it's not even just show me the future or tell me what to do. If it's just a weird place in life where you're just like, I could really use some insight and the most like amazing person that can give you the best wisdom would be God. And so you want to go to him for advice the way that you would go to a friend or a parent or a mentor. And so those are the times in which I feel like it's hard to, to hear or, or I don't hear from him or is it him. But I have definitely been spoken to by God and it's never been for something that I wanted. It's never been for something that I was asking. Sometimes it was like, a quick reassurance like you're going to be fine it's going to be fine like stop you're, you're okay but it was never like anything more than that so like I know you can hear from God I know that I've heard from God it's been kind of rare not like all the time and when I'm seeking advice like that's when I get frustrated and like I don't understand this whole intimate friendship like where he even gets that from because I feel like we always kind of try to make God our buddy like it's this like the friendships we have on earth, but like, I don't see that. Like we're called to have submission to him and a deep love in the way that, that Christ and the Father submit to each other and this idea and like, it's obvious that God has grace on us and loves us and is present in our lives, but where in the Bible does it say he's like our intimate friend we get to like kick back with and be like, hey. Okay, pop quiz, bonus points. Where does it say in scripture is that God is our friend? John 15. All right. In the book of John, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. So I know what your next point is, and I'm going to tell you to hold it. That, that, that's a lot to extrapolate to build, and it is definitely true. I know where you're going. Our churches really emphasize the friendship with God and not the service to a king, a priest, right, a God, obedience. Like we, We've drifted from that because it's just un-American. And it, we, we like, it doesn't make us feel good. I, mean, I think our relationship with God should be intimate. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it is probably one of the most intimate relationships I've ever experienced. I, I do believe that. I just think that sometimes we visualize it the way we would visualize hanging out with our buddies. And I don't think it's quite that way. Okay. But we studied the entire book of Ephesians as a group. And you remember that Paul's description of our relationship with Christ is that we're in him. We're so closely associated with him that we become the body to him being the head, one person. Or we are the bride to him as the bridegroom, a one flesh unity description, right? So there is an intimacy, whether we call it friendship or not. You would still expect that people who are that close to the Lord, that intimate with him, that we become like him because we are in him, would talk. That's the point that he's making. Now... We agreed last week that the scriptures show one through seven pretty clearly about ways that God communicates. So we talked about God speaking directly in an audible voice, the written word, angelic visitations, visions, dreams, prophecy, and deliberation. If you're unclear what deliberation is, that's when the body comes together to deliberate together and the spirit speaking through the entire body comes closer to some sort of response. That's the model in the book of Acts. That's actually the model for Exodus. That's why we deliberate in here. Yes? Um, I was thinking of prayer, like in, in 
the sense of, like I've had a couple times where I feel like God kind of ministered to me or spoke to me through somebody else's prayer. So I don't know if you would classify that. Under, it was just something I didn't remember from last week, but there have been a couple times where somebody prays something and I just say, okay, something's happening. That's a very good addition because we see that in scripture where not only someone prays for you, but somebody even brings a word from the Lord to you. So I kind of put that under prophecy, but prayer and actually the counsel of others probably should be its own one. So that's a good, that's a good corrective. And let me narrow it really clear. I'm actually going to focus on number eight. I'm not just talking about do we learn things from God or do we hear from him or do we know about him. What I want to ask is, does he speak to us? I'm not even asking, do we speak to him? Does he speak to us? And I'm going to flip the page before I get to your comment. Because the question we're asking is, what does it look like to have a conversational relationship with God? What does it look like? What is it supposed to be like? And now I want to hear from especially the people who feel like they have that relationship I want to hear about it. Is it just an impression? Is it a feeling? Are you actually hearing God's voice? Ray, do you have a comment or question? Uh, I was actually going to say that was a different question. Though. The question is, if God doesn't speak to us, what does that say about his nature and the nature of our relationship with him? He doesn't actually communicate with us. Is that, to me, that sounds kind of deist, almost like God created things and step back to let it happen much. Well, I was going to ask you what you think it means, and I think you nailed it on the head. Like, there are people in our churches that see God as very deist. And if you're unfamiliar with deism, I'm not going to summarize the whole kind of philosophy behind it, but basically we could say it's an absentee God. A God who exists in a supreme, who sets up the earth and then leaves it alone. And so, while there may be some sort of force in the universe, even a personal God in some way, a person, he's just very uninterested in his creation once he created it. So he's very happy to leave it the way it is. So you've kind of answered your own question. You've said that if God does not converse with us, then he appears very deist. And I think that's probably right. I would also say that a lot of people just kind of by default believe that. They don't know that they believe that, but they don't really expect him to speak or do anything of that kind or to interact in any way. And some people take it even further. There's people who actually believe, yes, I believe in God, but I believe he's totally uninvolved. He doesn't really get involved. He doesn't perform any miracles. He doesn't do any healings. He's not, he's just, you know, he's just waiting for the end to come. I think that's probably a good analysis. Monique? Well, I have a question and kind of a comment to add to all that. The times where God speaks to people in the Bible like that, it's really rare. And like, I'm going through the Old Testament tediously because I feel like I just should because I should know it. And like, there are so huge sections of people that are like crying out to God and don't hear God or trying to pray and things don't happen or I mean it's like it's rare that God comes down directly and has that sort of a relationship and I think that we should take comfort in part of that because it's like we can be there too like sometimes we do pray and we don't hear and that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist or whatever just because he's not present in that way all the time so those like Moses and Jonah I mean that's like five stories whatever seven stories out of like thousands of years of people trying to converse with God where they'd have to go to priests to do it or even to atone for their sins or whatever. But my conversation, or my question was about conversation, what that author, how he described it and what exactly we're talking about. Like when you say conversation, does that mean like on a daily basis when I pray, I'm like, hey God, what do you think about this? Blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah, okay. And he's talking back to me almost like a, like I would be talking to you. Like that, is that what that means? Or 
whenever we want or all the time or a literal like we can ask back and like I'm gonna punt and say this <laughs> yes you should hear back because a conversation is two-way right. we're going to talk in just a moment as to how you might hear back and that may not always be just the way you just described it okay, okay. Jill do you have a comment I just kind of was thinking of um, if any of you have read stories about Mother Teresa and she struggled her entire ministry with wanting to know if she was doing the right thing, wanting to hear God and she didn't. But look at her life and what an amazing track record of service and healing and just being God to people who did not have God. So I think when I get discouraged or I feel like I should be hearing more and I don't, I try to think more long term and more like, okay, well, here was this woman who just sought to hear from God and didn't. But she still did what she was supposed to do, and her life was magnificent for it. Okay. People who have a conversational relationship with God, would you answer Monique's question? What does it look like if you think you have a conversational relationship with the Lord? And you can define that any way you want. I'm not saying he speaks to you daily. I'm just saying if you feel like you hear from the Lord during times when you're in prayer or during however that happens, can you describe it to the people who are looking somewhat skeptically? You want to do that, Stephanie? Um, for me, I felt like the, I want to say it began, but I feel like the conversation really happens when I completely submit to him and to his will. And I feel that at those times when I, I just lay everything down and I say, okay, God, I'm yours, whatever, whatever that is, whatever the day, the month, the year, when I completely surrender and submit and I, I hear him and it's amazing because it, it, be, it can be a passing thought. It can be in a time of prayer. It can be in a conversation with a, a patient I'm in healthcare. It can be, it, it's, not, it's not one specific way, I guess, but I, that, that's when I feel that I really have that open communication when I'm submitted and surrendered to him completely. Okay. Anyone else want to add how that works for them? So, I don't think that I have a conversational relationship with God in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm going to use the example of my mom, because I really think that she does. And I think that the way that that's like, comes out or like manifested is like my mom spends a lot of time in the Word every single day. And I think uh, unconsciously, she puts like a lot of truth just like in her life, just by like doing that and that discipline and things like that. Um, she really, really has that. And then when things come up, um, anything, the Holy Spirit literally like prompts her with ideas. And uh, I see it like again and again and again. It's just like the Holy Spirit's prompting that's totally based in that truth that she has like inside. So it'll be like a crazy idea or like a crazy prayer request. Like it'll be like, um, like I'm praying for a thousand dollars for you for the mission trip and then the next day I get a thousand dollars. Like, you know, just like little things like that where like um, she's really just like prompted by the Spirit um, and I think it's through like the Spirit's interpretation of like Jesus's teachings and like the Word and things like that is how like she hears from God and she knows that it's from Him because it's literally like just an idea that pops into her mind. Like it's not like a long thought through 
like anything. It's not um, like it could be random. It could be sporadic. Sometimes it comes in prayer and sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes she'll just be sitting there and she'll just have like this idea and she just chooses to like verbalize it every time because she's like, I guess like one of the things that she's imparted to us is that every time like she speaks it, um, it's kind of like tested. Um, so she'll say it and then she'll either kind of like receive the like, wait, like that didn't really make sense, like that wasn't, or like, wow, that really makes me uncomfortable. That's probably from God. Okay. So I'm going to ask, by the way, as you say these things, I want the medium. You said thoughts, right? So mostly you feel like thoughts that come into your mind. You said ideas is the word that you repeated the most. So mostly that she gets these ideas. And then as she verbalizes them, she kind of checks them against her heart. OK? Andrew? Feelings? Along with what both of them have said, it's being in the scripture, submitting yourself to God, it's, it's knowing who he is and being able to sit there and say, okay, I just got that feeling to go jump off a bridge. Now, that makes no sense. So it could be God, but that's an idiot idea because I could, I could die. So, you know, it's, it's going, okay, I, I know who God is and I've read his scripture and that's when I can get a feeling or I can hear thoughts or ideas and go, that's not adding up to scripture, that's not adding up to who he is himself, and then testing it against his scripture, testing it against, you know, you start, I mean, as a friendship grows, you understand, you know, you could call up and I'd be like, oh, this is John, I know his voice. I don't, don't have your number saved, so it's a number, random number, but it's your voice. I know who you are. I know, you know, what your voice sounds like, and that's the same thing with God, for me at least, is I know what his voice sounds like, and so as he speaks more and more to me, and it's a growing relationship, you can pick up the phone and be like, okay, this is God. But let's be clear, his voice, as you describe it, are the feelings that you described. Okay? AJ. Um, I would say the medium for me is probably scripture. Uh, the conversational relationship to me is synonymous with prayer. Uh, my, my prayers sometimes end up as conversations where I'm just kind of talking out loud. To me, I'm a verbal communicator in that world. Um, um, and so hearing it, sometimes I, I think, oh, well, that doesn't sound right. And then, you know, as I think about it more, as I pray this conversation, God doesn't necessarily talk back. Sometimes he just listens, which, you know, is helpful. And I can feel that, that comforting, that I'm listening to you, even when nobody else is. And um, and I'll get a scripture text. I, I subscribe. They send you a text every day of some scripture. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not really relevant to what I'm going through. But then other times it's really helpful. And, uh, and it really inspires me. And it really keeps me going. So sometimes um, well, that medium does take scripture for me at least. But I feel like people want that conversation to be instantaneous. Uh, I say this. I want you to respond right now. And it's become a discipline for me because it's taken me... I would say a, a, about a couple years to really kind of discern, okay, well, that thought sounds funny. That's not, that's not, that's me trying to give me the answer that I want. Instead of submitting myself, which I've gotten better at doing and saying, you know what, I'm not going to look for any specific answer. I'm going to wait patiently as I can, even though that is tough for me, whether it comes through scripture or whether it comes from you directly, and wait for that answer. And I think we live in such an instantaneous society where we want it quick and easy. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not. Okay. Going this way, anyone else want to share? Yes. Why is it bad to ask God for something? Why is it a bad thing to be like, God, I want to hear from you now? Like, 
Well, I don't think it's bad at all. You, you're talking about the now word. You're, you're contrasting to patience. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with being persistent. Jesus actually tells a parable of the persistent widow and wants us to be persistent. But I think that we're a get-it-now culture. Jesus also wants to see people who are persistent even when they don't hear an answer right away. But then how do we come against like, what it says in the Bible about like, the pagans who just like, repeat things like, over and over again? And it says, like, you know, like, God knows what you need. Like, he hears you the first time. How do you contrast that with like being persistent? Yeah, I think he never wants us to stop praying. I think, I don't want to speak for God. <laughs> but I think if I could summarize, if I could summarize a number of scriptures, it would probably be, I want you to bug me. I want you to keep asking me. I want you to be persistent. I don't want you to expect that that's going to result in anything other than what I want and what I give, right? I love it when my people continue to ask. I think he actually wants to see us in that posture. But of course, as you have already hinted, prayer is more than asking. Prayer is a lot of things, including conversation, which we never get to. But there are so many other bases of it. Cormac? Echoing what a lot of people have already said, um, I think, at least for me, like I've gone through in and out of phases where I felt like I've had a conversational relationship with God. And um, it, it never really happened until until like I started like kind of praying in faith and just started like taking steps in faith um, kind of as ways of testing that and as I do what I believe I'm prompted to do or what God's telling me to do it's either confirmed or it's not and then by that I get to like know God's voice more and more so it takes a lot of like almost like um, it takes a lot of testing and practice before you can kind of discern his voice and I think it speaking of like the means to which it comes through yeah, sometimes it has come through feelings and sometimes through um, thoughts or um, impulses. And I don't think it does ha happen right away all the time. Like, it's not like a, I speak and then a second later God will speak. It's like I speak, I'll throw my thoughts in my uh, have questions or I'll ask something. And throughout um, the week or the month or even the year, like, I'll, um, God will speak to me at different times through different means. Okay. Going back the other way. Monique? I would describe my relationship with God as conversational. I mean, I would. Um, and I've also heard from him in different ways like that have already been expressed. Like through prayer, I'll be praying about something, and sometimes it's through revealing things. I'll be like, but Lord, this and this and this, whatever's going on in my life. And a memory will come in and he'll show me something and almost like keep me in check, like, oh, yeah, I did do this, or oh, yeah, like my heart's not right here. Like, so there is kind of that feedback and prayer. It's not like an ask and answer type of a thing. I've had dreams. I've had him directly like tell me something or to pray for someone or something a pop like all of that yeah fine that's great that's dandy whatever okay so that happens but I want to know from all the people here that also say they have a conversational relationship with God do you go through a hard time and pray and say God give me advice on this and always hear back do you hear back right away is it something direct or is it more like he's kind of directing you or calming you or maybe just comforting you but like he gave us a certain amount of intuition and smarts of our own as well to use. So So stop there. Does anyone have the relationship that says, "Lord, I really need your advice on this," not being demanding, not but have the kind of relationship where you just feel like always hear back. <laughs> Don't experience that frustration with me. I, I could probably tell you the answer is no when you added all those seven provisos <laughs> on top of it, you know, someone has dropped out at every one that you added except for Cormac. <laughs> Cormac no, my answer is, is not to all of those. Like, I don't, I don't always hear 
directly or um, right away. Um, and I, I think that everyone has, I mean, God speaks to us in different ways, kind of like we relate to different friends in different ways. Um, so uh, something that my dad's observed like on a mission field all those years is that oftentimes like the more mature a Christian is, the like, um, like oftentimes like they won't hear God. And whereas other people who maybe have like just come into Christianity will hear God very audibly or, or directly. And that oftentimes fades with maturity. There's a very interesting book that's just been written about that phenomenon of how over time it seems that God kind of withdraws himself to help you mature, whereas at the early part of your faith, he seems to be more present, more miraculous, lots of things going on. I'm going to take three comments before we move on. I'm going to go AJ Ray, and then we're going to go back to Heather. Uh, just to answer that, at least for me, it does get frustrating sometimes. And I think at the beginning of that discipline that I was trying to learn, it was frustrating. Well, why don't I get an answer? I've been waiting a week. I've been waiting a month. Why haven't I gotten an answer? And uh, in that, I learned to be open to receiving possibly many different forms of the answer, either through scripture, either through a prayer or, or something like Morgan was saying, or just even a passing thought of, uh, of God saying, you know, I don't think that's such a good idea. But um, it is frustrating. Um, it is. And I, don't, I think that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. I'm not saying that being frustrated is what God wants you to be, but I don't, be I don't begin to know what God's thinking. And, I, and that's what I have to remind myself is that I'm only human, that God is so infinite that I... It would blow my mind if you actually talked to me sometimes, like just audibly. If I heard it, my mind would just explode. I think. Like, for me, I don't know about anybody else. I, you know. Okay, Ray. Seriously, you know, what Cormac said. Something that I struggle with a lot is I have such a hard time. I I very rarely believe that I actually hear from God because my logic tells me you, know, you want to believe that so badly. How do you how do you know that it's not just you convincing yourself? hearing what you want to hear so bad that you're believing that you're actually believing that you're hearing from God. Okay, I'm going to get to that. Last comment goes to Heather. Your your experience in the medium, tell me. Um, I've never heard from God like the dove descending. like, And I don't necessarily even think that the Bible stories are that way. I think they come off that way in some places, but I think that Jonah's conversation could have been all in his head, and we just interpreted it as being audible, you know? Um, but it comes to the ideas, it comes to scripture verses. God used me to give specific words to people, and I wasn't even like, sometimes I was praying about it, but sometimes it was just a flippant comment I made, and all of a sudden they're like, that's exactly what, did God talk to you? And I was like, um, and, and just, that's what came to my mind, I don't know. For those of you who wonder if God speaks, or maybe that he hasn't spoken to you, and even for those of you who said that he does, there is something I think we should just ask ourselves. It's instructive. This is to check the condition of our heart. This is actually to check the condition of our discipleship. If you want to hear from God, ask some of these questions. To what use would I put a word from God? Like, what use would it have in my life? What am I doing in my life that God would speak to me? Am I ready to respond, actually obey God? And not merely invite God into my plans, but actually, you know, join his plans? Sometimes when we go back to the motivations of why we want to hear from God, we have to ask these questions. If God actually did respond, would it just be like, uh, and wrestle some more? Or are we really willing to lay it down and obey? I kind of like what Stephanie says about when I'm there in that place where I lay it all down, I feel like that's the place where I'm closest. That would seem to make sense that we would hear from God most when we're so completely open and laid down completely to say, I'll go wherever you want and do whatever you want. That seems to me the place, just in my humble opinion, that God may be most willing to actually say, okay, let's do it. 
And here's what I've got for you. Yes. Just like a small comment on all this, I feel like the times that I've heard from God and just even from what I've heard around the room, like I feel like God's a God of purpose. And so when I have heard, like there has been a purpose behind it and it's not just tell me what to do with my life or help me out with this situation, whatever, give me advice. Like it's been something very specific. Pray for this person or this needs to be done or this specific idea or for some, something for the kingdom, if that makes any sense. Not that God can't comfort me or reveal things to me, but like those heavy moments of speaking have always had a, a specific purpose, which is very poignant with that question, to what use would I put a word from God? Like, I feel like there should be a use, a reason why. Okay, Morgan? I, I think I agree with the idea that God is purposeful in everything God does. But like we had talked about with Jesus and, and the two recorded ways where God speaks, it's just, this is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. That's an identity thing, though, too. So, I mean, I think I don't think it just has to be... Ta I agree with the idea of purpose, but I don't agree with the idea it has to be task-oriented. I think maybe maybe even a lot of times it might be, but I think just even the purpose of saying, this is your identity, you are good, you are well, there's no mission with it. I mean, there's no individual task. Okay. Some of you have reported impressions, thoughts, emotions. That's When I asked for the medium, that's what you guys were kind of giving back. These are some of the most often repeated ways, the ways that people report how they have a conversation with God. Either he works in the circumstances around them, he gives them distinct impressions, maybe their thoughts and their emotions, and many of you seem to describe that. So you're not far off from the way people describe this. I want to do something I don't do very often, and that is read something to you. Normally I like the discussion, I don't like to just read things to you. But I'd like to give you a totally different perspective than what we've been building for the last two weeks. You know me, I'm going to build something up and then we're just going to knock it all down, right? To really see if we're paying attention to God and not just sitting here in our seats just receiving, we're really wrestling through this. I'm going to read to you a different perspective. We've been getting materials from hearing God from Dallas Willard. I'm going to switch gears and read you actually the text itself that Philip Carey writes in this book called Good News for Anxious Christians. And Philip Carey's position is, well, I'll let you hear it for yourself. And I'm sorry this might be just a little bit long. I don't normally do this. Here's what he says. The practice of listening to God's voice in your heart has only recently displaced Scripture as the most important way in the view of most evangelicals that God reveals himself to us. The idea, as it was taught to me, was that you were supposed to seek guidance from God, which is a good idea, and the key way to do that is by listening to how he's speaking in your heart, which is a bad idea, he says. The bad idea, let me hasten to say, is not that you should listen to your heart. That's something you have to do if you want to know your own thoughts and feelings, which you need to know if you want to make good decisions, not to mention if you want to have self-knowledge. But listening to your heart contributes to self-knowledge not knowledge of God. The bad idea was that listening to a voice in your own heart was how you could hear God. For to know God, you have to listen to God, not to yourself. And that means listening to a word that comes from outside of yourself, the external word of Scripture. Scripture says that Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, he cites Ephesians 3.17, but directs our attention outside of our hearts to find what we should put our faith in. 
Faith comes by hearing, says Paul, and hearing comes by the word of Christ, citing Romans 10.17. The word of Christ that he's talking about is not a voice in our own hearts, but preaching of the gospel in external words that we can hear with our ears, citing Romans 10.15. And yet this way of hearing God speak has become so dominant in American evangelical circles today that my students are not aware that it was ever any different. At my evangelical college, there are guys who tell girls, I think that God is telling us he wants to get together. And by the way, he doesn't teach at APU, although that would be hard to believe from that last statement. And there are girls who are convinced that God has told them to break up with their boyfriend. Now, a guy saying that kind of thing is pretty comical, unless he gets away with it. And then it's too destructive to be funny anymore. But a girl who has to say that kind of thing is just in sad shape. He goes on to say, I think I can imagine how it goes. See if this sounds right to you. Imagine a young woman getting back to her dorm room after a long night, and she's saying to herself in a loud, excited voice, Oh, I love my boyfriend so much. He's so great. He takes care of me. He watches out for me. He protects me. He never lets me go. He never wants to leave me alone. He won't ever let me out of his sight. I can't ever get away from him. He's always in control. He controls me so much, sometimes I feel like I can never escape. And then, as her enthusiastic monologue begins to trail off, a very different sounding voice comes out of her mouth. A quiet, little voice that says, I don't feel right about this. No doubt that's the voice of wisdom, unlike the loud, excited voice that came before. The loud, excited voice is trying to convince her that she's got a great thing going. But the quiet, little voice comes from deeper in her heart, where she feels there's something wrong before she knows what it is. The sad thing is not that she listens to the quiet little voice, but that she can't admit it's her own. She has to label it God's voice in order to take it seriously. Apparently, she's never thought of her own voice as something worth listening to. Maybe she's gotten used to nobody listening very seriously to what she says. In any case, it seems that in order for her to listen to herself, to the wisest and most perceptive voice in her own heart, she has to say it came from God. In short, she doesn't realize that she has a right to be a morally responsible adult and it's her theology that keeps her from realizing this. It is good news that God does not speak in our hearts. It's doubly good news having to do with both God and ourselves. On the one hand, this means it's okay that the voices in our hearts are our own. On the other hand, it means that when God does speak, we can hear him the way we hear people we love who are real and therefore exist outside of our own hearts. Boy, that guy's either dead on, or he's got an audience with the king waiting for him. <laughs> Ray. I think he's dead on. Mm -hmm. I totally resonate with what he's saying here, because there have been so many times where I'm like, do I ever hear from God? I don't know. But everybody else in church says they hear from God, so there's got to be something wrong. So maybe that feeling that I had, or that thought that I had about something, maybe that was God? Because otherwise I'm not hearing from him, and there's somewhere there must be something wrong with my faith. If I'm not hearing from God and all those things that I'm thinking are really for me. So I think it's completely accurate. Okay, Morgan? 
I love his example because that's like the classic. Like when I hear that, I'm just like, oh crap. Like there's nothing to say to you because you've already labeled it God. But okay, putting that aside, I don't think he's grappling with the work of the Holy Spirit though. Like so, I do like what he's saying. I think God gives wisdom to people, and you don't have to label your wisdom like. God is wisdom, and God gives wisdom, and so, of course, everything goes back to God, but you, it's okay to say, yeah, God has taught me things, and, and you can learn how to exert your will in the world, because Dallas Willard's position isn't that every little thing has to be spoken by, like, he believes that God gives us so that we can go and exert our will in the world, so I don't, I think he's too broad because he's not, like, we have to grapple with what the Holy, Holy Spirit's activity is in our lives, because that is key to this whole thing here. I don't think he's doing that. Okay, Heather? Yeah, I definitely want to agree with that because I just feel like he just needed a label for it, so he labeled it as, you know, like all wrong, but it's definitely all interpretation because even when he goes back to Paul and saying it's the word of Christ, okay, well, in that time, they didn't have the written word of Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we don't even know if those are the real words that Christ spoke, so it's all interpretation in that aspect. So it does come back to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit isn't going to necessarily, if he does say something more specific to us in this time, like it's not going to translate to back then. And they, not everything that translates there is here. And so I just feel like he is labeling it. And I do agree with Morgan that all wisdom comes from God. So if it's real truth, not just like interpreted relative truth, then it is God's. And so we can label it as God or ourselves, but either way it comes from God and it's God. Let's be clear. He's not saying that the word does not come from God or that wisdom doesn't come from God. He's saying that if you want to hear from God, it is not going to be in your heart. It's going to be like a real person. I think that's almost a slap there at the end of the whole view. It's going to come like any real person would do. It would be external to you, not internal to you. That's his view at least, okay? So I know we still need to wrestle with that, but let's at least narrow the wrestling down to what he's really saying. And I'm only going to, by the way, take a couple more comments because I want to leave you on this kind of like dissonant cliffhanger of like after we've heard all these things, it just kind of go, yeah, like throw a punch in there and see how that works for next week. Okay, Cormac. Um, I agree with him, and I don't think it's it's uh, in conflict with what Dallas Willard would say. Um, and I mean, everything that we that we sense or everything that comes to our consciousness. Our feelings are what we hear, what we see, at least through like our mind. So like when he says like you hear from something external, like what does it mean? Like we all process it the same way, everything that we feel or sense. And so like where does he draw the line? I think that yeah, it's true that a lot of what we what we be thinking is coming from us, but God also reveals like speaks to us in that way because we have a sense of it and just only becomes a consciousness. Cormac is doing his PhD in psychology, so we've always talked about this, about is it any different if God's words come through your ears and then into your brain versus if God just went straight to your brain, right? Which the thought people should be resonating with and saying, yeah. Your feelings as well. Right, feeling people. Everything is going to ultimately go to your brain, so why shouldn't God just go straight to the brain? We are going to talk about that a little bit next week as we kind of break it up. Just a couple more comments over closing. Yes. I think he makes a good, valid point. I don't see the conflict between him and Dallas Willard. But he does say the word is your standard. You know, you're looking at the voice of God throughout Scripture. And that's where you base the voice of God. You're not basing it on your feeling. You're basing it on what Scripture sounds like, how it feels to you. What You know, there's, there's people who looked at Hebrews and said... This sounds like scripture. This sounds like, you know, we don't know who wrote it. We don't know what it, 
you know, if what implications it might have we add it to our Bible, but this sounds like the good news. So let's add it to our canon. It's the same thing. People that hear God, that know God's voice, that read his scriptures, end up going through life and hearing voices or hearing thoughts or feelings or ideas or and they can look at it and go, that sounds like God because I know what he sounds like. Okay. Anyone over here? This is really challenging and interesting because I'm thinking through this point and wondering, okay, so could it potentially be that all along in my life when I felt like God was kind of leading me somewhere and telling me something, could that all have just been in my mind or in my heart? And, and he still like helped supply those thoughts, but it wasn't necessarily as direct. And I, I think like instantly I felt a little uncomfortable with that. And maybe that's good leading into next week to figure out um, do we partially want to just hear from God because we are kind of trained in Christianity to feel so much like God has to tell me what he wants for me instead of like, no, God might give me all the tools the way he gives all the tools to everyone else and kind of help lead generally, but maybe it's not such like special treatment in a way. You know, maybe, I don't know. So. Well, by the way, next week, just a quick announcement. Next week what we're going to do is we're going to come back and kind of touch on these topics and then we're going to do something else we haven't done in Exodus. We're going to break up into smaller little groups to talk about them personally. And then we're going to order a bunch of pizza and bring that in and just kind of hang out and, and watch that happen. So again, the interaction will continue, but we're actually going to do it, like let people talk after we kind of introduce it a little bit more. I think like anything else, it's somewhere in between the different things that we've been talking about. Um, but I love that he says go outside of yourself and read scripture and see it because it's just like anything else that you would study like in school and then apply to your life or apply more broadly. Like take those ideas, you study the word because you love God, you want to know what he wants from you, there's the standard, apply it to your life, it's great. I think the Holy Spirit can definitely like speak to us and there's you know room for that kind of movement there. But how many people do you know, I mean it's so common in Christianity that are just paralyzed because they're like, no, I haven't heard from God yet, and they're just he didn't tell me what to do, and I can't choose a university, and I can't choose a this, and I can't choose a that, and I can't date this boy, and I can't, all because they're not hearing directly from God, or God hasn't directly opened a door or closed a door, and it's just so dangerous. And I think I love this sort of cold water slapped in our face after everything else because it brings that nice balance. And, and out of respect for God, I think we need to be careful what we label his name to. And when we say God told me to do this or... Here's my last comment. Be careful of this trend to think, I don't see the, 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 the distinction between him and Dallas Willard, because he actually wrote this book in response to Dallas Willard's book, even though he says that Dallas Willard has written the best book on how to hear God and has warned people of all the problems that arise, he says Dallas Willard still believes in thoughts, emotions, impressions, and those kinds of things that are the internal way that God speaks to us. And Dallas Willard does, speak, does talk about those. Of course, Dallas Word talks about there is an audible voice, there is prophecy, there is the word of God, there's all those things, but he also believes in the still, small voice that you may have heard in churches growing up. There's a still, small voice that God speaks to us from our hearts, and Philip Carey says, I don't believe it. And I think it binds up Christians and causes them all sorts of anxiety, trying to figure out the impressions, the feelings, is this from me, is this from God, is this my own, is this selfish, and then testing it, and all those things, he goes, it's just not happening. God speaks, like anybody else, externally. That's a radical claim to make. That's why I thought, hmm, let's bring him into the discussion. And some of you should be uncomfortable with it, and some of you might be going, I knew it, you know? <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Let's close up and pray.
Lord, I'm thankful to you because you allow us to deliberate in this room. You allow your people in whom your spirit dwells to speak audibly to one another and to speak the truth as we know it and sense it and feel it from your word and from our experience in this life and from what we know about you. And just like the early church, when we come together and we share with one another in this place, then Lord, you deepen our faith and truth is produced in that place. Lord, it's a difficult and unique experiment even trying this to allow people to come into a place like this. But you honor it, Lord. And I pray that you honor it tonight. That you not leave us in a place of confusion, but that true growth would happen tonight because we actually looked at it from one view and now the other. Don't leave us, Lord. Throughout this week, trouble us with these issues and bring us back next week as we continue to deliberate with one another and trust that your truth will be produced in us long term. pray this in your name. Amen.